Good morning and welcome back to South Florida Sundays. Sharina with you and today I am joined by Dr. Stephen Milan, a pulmonologist on staff at the Delray Medical Center and the West Boca Medical Center. And today we're going to focus on lung cancer awareness and treatments. Thank you for joining me today, Dr. Milan. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. Of course, of course. Now, how common would you say are the cases of lung cancer? Lung cancer is pretty scary. You know, every two and a half minutes, uh, someone is diagnosed with lung cancer. And unfortunately, there's more lung cancer deaths than the next three most common cancers combined. So that's combining breast, that's combining prostate cancer, colon cancer. You take all those, there's still more people that will die from lung cancer. Yeah, and unfortunately, it still has one of the lowest five-year survival rates because the problem with this cancer is we find it so late in later stages for the, for the most part. And the survival drops from 60% when you have an early disease, you know, confined to, you know, one location mm-hmm. and uh, can be as, as, as bad as 7% survival when it's metastatic. So um, it, it, it's, it's a very scary disease. Uh, we see it all too commonly. And, you know, the thing we struggle with is, is trying to catch these patients at an earlier time where they can be intervened upon and have a better chance of survival. Right. Um, and we've all heard that, you know, if you're a smoker, you have a higher risk of getting lung cancer. But what are the other most like common risk factors for developing lung cancer? Yeah. So, you know, age and smoking are the Definitely the biggest risk factors. Age, we can't do anything about. <laughs> We're all going to age, God willing. Uh-huh. But but you're right. But you're right on the money. Uh, smoking is probably um, uh, probably what the other biggest risk factor. And you know, what we urge our patients to do is quit smoking, which is not mm-hmm. a, a small ask. And if you have any questions on that, or if any time on that later, I'm happy to go into that more. But um, that that's a, that's actually a real big ask of our of our patients who are forced to suffering from tobacco abuse. Um, but uh, not only that, secondhand smoke um, oh, is yeah. also uh, is also a risk, and that can be even harder because a patient. I just had a patient today that she's really hell bent on quitting smoking. Um, she has known COPD, uh, but unfortunately, she does smoke um, a few times per month, and she says it's really triggered because the her partner she lives with they smoke indoors around her, and it mm. becomes a habit. You know, she mentions you know she drinks her coffee, she needs to have her cigarette. So it's also like a, it's like a very habit forming thing. So right. um, so smoke so. You Hit the you hit the nail on the head. Um, beyond that, I mean, we do think about other other risk factors, um, including radon, which is, which is like a naturally occurring uh, radioactive gas that can cause lung cancer, and, and um, it's present um, in almost all rock and soil and water. So uh, you can actually have your health tested for the exposure, so that it's you know it's not at higher dangerous levels. Um, and I guess other sort of exposures we always consider uh, includes asbestos exposure, things like arsenic mm. exposure, diesel exhaust, uh, silica from construction dust and other dust, uh, chromium exposure. So, so these are some of the other um, rare contributors, but still right. do contribute to, uh, to this disease burden. So what about um, the new trend of vaping? Do you think it has something to do with the rise as well? Well, um, nothing definitive in that regard, but you know we do know there are a lot of our patients who vape also abuse cigarettes right. um, and, and, and tobacco products. So, um, you know, in regards to in regards to cancer, um, if it if people associate vaping much like um, people may associate, like I said, drinking their coffee in the morning with smoking, you know that could that could contribute if they're associated. But um, in of itself, vaping is not a direct contributor that we're of right now. Okay, okay. And what are the symptoms of lung cancer that people should be aware of? Well, God willing, uh, you find your lung cancer well before you have symptoms. When symptoms arise, um, it's, oh. it's, it's scary to see. And 
Um, it can be anything as common as a cough, which is not too helpful, right? Because cough is associated <laughs> with so many diseases. But, oh, yeah. Um, but also, we see patients uh, coughing up um, blood, for instance, God mm. forbid, um, coughing up um, a frothy phlegm or sputum, we refer to it as. Um, chest pain, and, and also uh, during the course of the disease, people, people may suffer from uh, weight loss, um, change in their appetite, really just having a very poor appetite, um, generalized weakness. So we do see these things, but like I said, hopefully um, we've detected the lung cancer well before you're suffering from symptoms. And do you think that genetics may also play a role in, in who actually develops lung cancer? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly a risk factor, and it's something that we take into consideration when we're evaluating an abnormal CAT scan, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the questions we're going to ask you is, you know, is there a family history of any cancer, but specifically lung cancer, of course, because um, we know that does increase the, the pretest probability or the chances that we may be looking at a cancer. We touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, can you explain the importance of, like, early detection and treating lung cancer and your survival? Yeah. Work? Yeah, so I think that, I mean, the biggest takeaway um, from this and the, the message I really want to want people to hear out there is, you know, if you if you have these these exposure, these risks, like you're at age over 50 mm-hmm. up to age 80 um, or a smoking exposure. So sm- smoking exposure, about 20 pack years. That's like if you could imagine smoking one pack per day for 20 years, that's 20 pack years. Wow. Um, okay. and, um, and if you're still smoking or you quit within the last 15 years, we're really urging people to, in that population um, to please um, undergo lung cancer screening with a low-dose CAT scan. Uh, we know from previous studies, huge studies, like the National Lung Screening Trial and um, the newer uh, Nelson Trial, as well, demonstrated that patients that undergo CT imaging uh, for lung cancer screening have a better survival. I'm talking about a 20% reduction in mortality um, wow. in one study and, and uh, 25 in the other study, respectively. So um, this has been the only thing we've really found effective uh, at finding cases early and reducing mortality, uh, which in any clinical trial, I mean, this is like the holy grail. If you can find a therapy or an intervention that reduces mortality, that's a big deal. So um, we're really trying to, to reinforce this. Um, the United States Preventative Services Task Force has recognized that this is a routine screening that should be uh, discussed uh, with our patients. And um, like I said, 50 to 80 years of age, a 20-pack year smoker history, and either currently smoking or or has quit within the last 15 years. And, or you know, someone who really has exposure to it, like a secondhand smoke you said before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, secondhand smoke, unfortunately, in of itself is not an indicator that it gets you in for the low-dose CAT scan. Okay. But, I mean, even patients that have all of those criteria that we just mentioned, in Florida, we're only seeing 3% of those patients what? get a low-dose CAT scan. So uh, if you take all of our patients that are at risk, Mm-hmm. Um, and would qualify for lung screening, only 3% are getting that done. It's it's lower than the national average, which right. is also pretty scary. It's only 6%. So so that's pretty significant, especially when you're considering in Florida, you're looking at a 27% five-year survival, right. um, and you're only talking about 25% diagnosed at an earlier stage here. So why do you think that is, that people don't go and get these screenings? I think it's awareness, and that's why I get super excited that we're talking about this today. Mm. Um, I think that by now, it's pretty much instilled in us, you know, as far as, you know, through the colonoscopy for colon cancer screening, 
mammographies for breast cancer screening, pap smears. Like, this is all part of the day-in, day-out uh, preventative services that primary providers throughout our country uh, look at. But lung cancer screening came later in the game. And I think that the more people know about it and hear about it, um, it'll become a second nature as a part of our routine preventative therapy to our patients. And of course, we talked a little bit about uh, smoking and its relationship to lung cancer, but can you kind of dive a, a little bit more into that? And as a pulmonologist who sees patients suffering from lung cancer daily, what advice do you have for smokers and you know those who want to quit? Well, like I said before, I mean, asking a, a patient who's abusing tobacco to quit is a is is a big ask. Yes. Um, and there are resources for this. Um, you know, actually, here uh, we do have um, a website in Florida. Um, I think I think it's called Florida Free Tobacco. Uh, it's a great website, great resource, and it'll it'll help you kind of uh, guide you through the process of really trying to quit everything from establishing a quit date, uh, which we talk about often in the office, telling patients, listen, pick a day, you know, this is going to be your last ever cigarette you're going to have, the next day you're going to be a former smoker. Um, you know, they post it all over, like they'll put it on sticky notes, they'll post it on the fridge, everywhere, just to keep motivating them and reminding them. And some patients, you know, will quit, quote unquote, cold turkey, as, they, as we hear so often, but... A lot of patients uh, benefit from not only having that will to quit, but also having some nicotine replacement products like nicotine patches and gums, for instance. And of course, we're always available um, when we assess our patients to assess whether or not they benefit from from pharmacologics, uh, namely Chantex that we use uh, pretty regularly to help with smoking cessation. And we really try to talk to patients about you know, what the benefits are, like, of course, reducing your risk for lung cancer, of course, improving your lung function, but also your the cardiovascular effects that quitting smoking really has uh, and reducing your uh, heart risk and your cerebrovascular risk. So uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a long haul. It's not easy. Oh, but yeah. if you speak to your doctor and follow up closely, um, you know, we have a lot of really nice success stories, fortunately. What are like the latest advances in lung cancer screening methods that you have? So right now, um, beyond Beyond our low-dose CAT scan that we have, we now have the availability of, of biopsying these patients, even with very small nodules. Nodules are spots in the lung that when we see those spots, we always worry, like, do we need, we need to rule out cancer here? So many, uh, many of the times we have just watched these spots, uh, which in, in many cases end up being the early-stage lung cancers. But now uh, we have the ability using a robotic-assisted navigational bronchoscopy. I know that's a mouthful, <laughs> <laughs> but pretty much uh, it, what it sums to is it allows us as the uh, bronchoscopist, pulmonologist, to uh, get to these small nodules um, accurately and get a diagnosis much earlier. No matter where the nodule is, we used to struggle with reaching out to these small nodules that are all the way out to the ed- outer edge of the lung, which 70% of the nodules are located, unfortunately. But now, uh, recently acquiring this technology, it's been, a, it's been a game changer, and we've had a lot of success stories, fortunately. And would you say that is the more minimally invasive of the procedures? Yeah, I mean, the, the you know the alternatives to that are just watching it, and like I said, we've seen many cases where that is a low stage. I mean, we have one VA study that shows every 12 weeks that passes, you know, that this, the cancer can advance and associated with higher recurrence and, and decreased survival. So we want to get ahead of that. So. Um, you know, the earlier we can get an answer, the better. And this uh, robotic-assisted navigational bronchoscopy, uh, namely the ION platform that we use, uh, really helps us to achieve uh, achieve that goal. And we talked about this a little earlier. Early detection for lung cancer is key. And you have a screening event coming up, right? 
that's what I hear. Another <laughs> another reason another reason that I'm excited to talk to you guys is to definitely uh, highlight that. I mean, it's super important. I think November 11th. Um, is National Lung Cancer Screening Day. And at two of our hospitals, uh, Good Samaritan and uh, Delray Medical Center, uh, will be hosting on the 11th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, lung cancer screening, a low-dose CAT scan, um, if you qualify based on that criteria that we had just recently discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, so super excited to get the word out, get the awareness out. And um, I'm, I'm proud that you know we're taking the initiative to to help out our community like this big need. Yes, absolutely. And how, like, how do you, like, let's say I'm interested in going to get the screening. How do I qualify for it? Right. So again, age 50 to 80, mm-hmm. a 20 pack year history of smoking in the past. And a pack year is the packs per day that you were smoking times the amount of years you could smoke. So again, one pack a day of, of, of smoke for 20 years is a 20 pack year history. And it's, if you're a current smoker with that history or you quit within the last 15 years, you are certainly a candidate to be enrolled in this lung cancer uh, screening day, low-dose CAT scan. Okay, so um, November 11th, I would just show up to either Good Samaritan or uh, Delray Medical Center and say, hey, I'm interested in this screening? Yeah, but we, we definitely encourage people to call number for, for Good Sam, 561-650-6476 to schedule scan. And at Delray, it's 561 561- Six three seven five three zero three to schedule there. Okay, perfect. And uh, thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Milan. Um, is there a website that our listeners can maybe go to to see more about this event or possibly seek your expert advice? Yes, we have a lung cancer navigator at Delray Medical Center, a very successful program. So I encourage people to um, reach out, go online. If you qualify, please get a scan. And we're happy to help you and guide you through, God forbid, you, you were to need further guidance.